Game Boys. Hey there, Internet, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boys. This is a podcast. My name is Lux. With me, as always, he is holding out for Pokemon Let's Go. Sorry, Pokemon Let's Go Magikarp. It's Griffin Davis. Oh, shit. That is that you're right. That is what I'm holding out for. I couldn't really articulate it before why I hadn't bought it yet. And I think it's because of that. No, I mean, you can you can ride all sorts of animals in the game, right? Uh, yeah, you can. I have a, I, I've been riding around on a Persian, even though I don't like using normal type Pokemon. But I love riding around a giant cat. <laughs> uh, but you can't actually ride anything, right? You can't ride a Magikarp, can you? No, no, at least not, I haven't. I have yet to unlock that ability. But, I'm, you know, look, it's 1080 Pokemon now. So anything's possible. Ugh, OK, so I bought the Spyro remaster and I want to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about Pokemon Go. Wait, Let's no, go. talk about your thing first. Our guests will want to talk go. about Pokemon Let's Go. OK, so talk right. about your well, thing, then we'll <laughs> talk to our guest. The reason I haven't immediately bought Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee or whatever, is because uh, I got the Spyro remaster, which is a very, very good. Lux, did you ever play the Spyro games? I did. I, yeah, the Spyro games are great. I know that you're like a deep Spyro. Like Spyro is not far from Kingdom Hearts and like the Griffin Hall of Fame <laughs> for video games. Definitely. Um, it was one of the first games that I ever played for a console. Like one of the first games I ever owned was uh, like. Uh, the second and the third one, uh, Ripto's Rage, and even think it's Year of the Dragon is the third one. <laughs> yeah. I should know this. Um, Ripto's Rage uh, is such a good name. Yeah, Ripto's Rage. Uh, and they, this remaster is great because it doesn't really just doesn't change anything about the original game. Just like makes them look good. Um, some of the characters actually I don't recognize at all anymore because like their blocky versions just looked so fucked up. That's how I feel when I saw the trailer for like the medieval remaster that they're launching. Like yes. everything looks good. So. Mm-hmm. Never- Everything like I like, you don't recognize anything from the original game. Yeah, but like it's it, it, like I forgot how satisfying just like each little level of Spyro is. Like they're each these really they're really tiny, but they have like all these little secrets and like just like normal kids can just play through them really easily. But like there is actually all these platforming challenges like on the sides to like hundred percent complete each uh, level. And there's like this kind of like this like OCD, like ah, I want to get every last little gem in the level to get like a hundred percent. A little nooks and crannies game. <laughs> uh, but that's been great. And that's why I just, I feel like I shouldn't buy Pokemon this week, but I might after this podcast. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, um, I did. Um, (laughs) I held out for almost a whole week though. So I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, I had stuff to do and I did it. And then like literally maybe the second I'd like hit send on a file, I was like, and I hit like use credit card on the switch. Like the second (laughs) later, it was like the next motion I made. Um, before we talk about that game, let's introduce our guest. Uh, he's my boss, not yours. Uh, he is one of the writers and content leads at wisecrack.com.co.co, wisecrack in general, the media company for which I work. He's Alec Overman, and welcome to the show, Alec. I, I made you let me on here because I'm, as you said, your boss. So yeah. thank you. It's <laughs> a, a, hey, can I come on your podcast that I could not refuse? Yeah, that's how, that's how coercion works. I'm so sorry. Hey, look, man, <laughs> you didn't make the rules. You just play by them. Um, <laughs> I, question, I question why anyone would coerce Someone into coming on this podcast yeah, <laughs> because Alec, as an adult, uh, adult male with a job, has not maybe a ton of people to talk about Pokemon with, but two of them are right here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so before we get into the game for this week, uh, I bought. You haven't played. You don't have a Switch, right? So you haven't played Let's Go yet. I do not have a Switch now. Okay, hmm. so I got Let's Go, um, and it's okay. So here's what I like about it: it's 1080, and everything's fucking beautiful. Uh, yes. Everything looks so cool. The scale of mm-hmm. Pokemon actually exists. Like it's not like in the regular ones or like the the Game Boy ones where like you use your imagination. You're fighting an Onix with an Oddish and they look like they're the same size. Like when yeah. I fought an Onix right. in the first gym with my Oddish, I was like Oh, <laughs> my Oddish. <laughs> my Oddish. <laughs> like, like, Onyx could just be like a snake, like a rock snake, like a little yeah. garden snake. Yeah, but instead <laughs> he's like this towering monster. So that's all really sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. I do remember Onyx looking very cute, like yeah. in the original sprite. Yeah, in the original sprite. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it, that's really fun. So it's more like Pokemon Stadium, right? In terms of visuals, the, yeah, the right? visuals this, are a combination of Pokemon things. To, yeah, yeah, it's cohesion of Stadium and Go. Basically, is like the fight screens. Mm-hmm. Like the original things, like a 1080 version of running around, like in the original games. Then when you're but, capturing Pokemon, it's like a motion control version of Pokemon Go with the Switch. 
where like you throw the ball and hit the circle. And if you do it good, you get the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no more like, sort of grinding around through grass and like you can see them moving around. So you don't have to like run through the same patch of grass for an hour to catch an Abra. You'll just like see an Abra. Oh, thank God. Which like I have mixed feelings about because as we talked in this game, I have like a sick perverse attachment to grinding in JRPGs. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a meditative quality to random encounters, right? There's this, sure. this, this pattern that you kind of fall into with the Pokemon games of like rinse, repeat. That's like slow and like kind of like a nice meditation. But yeah, I think it's like a lot more just like visually stimulating. Like, let's get to the point. Yeah. And it's a lot more successful, I think, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then trainer fights are the same and they fucking rule in like Stadium Vision. They're fucking sweet. It's just like a little bit easier. I heard that. And I since heard I'm pretty a much fucking poke expert. It's really no fucking problem. Oh, oh yeah, See, you know, I, I you, like you know that fire is good and water's bad. Like, yeah, well, you know, well, fire is not good and water is not bad. You know, it's all well, about yeah. creating the comprehensive team comp. So, and maximizing your speed. It distresses me that they made it easier because I feel like. Pokemon games have never been a challenge. And also part of that's because I'm grinding. I'm like way higher level than I need to be by the time I get to anything. Right. Exactly. One time the Elite Four was difficult for me. And then I grinded uh, for a few more hours and then did it again. Was that was that was that perhaps in uh Fire Red? No, I've only played blue, uh yellow, gold, and Ultra Sun and uh Ruby. Oh, and, and Diamond. So I missed X and Y. And is there another generation I missed? There's there's like a pl- plenty of weird ones. There's, yeah, there's some like, called black and white. There's some there's like X and Y and black and white, too. Yeah, yeah. I missed black and white X and Y. And I've, I haven't done any of the remasters except, I guess, Ultra Sun. Is that even a remaster? It's a sequel. Well, it's fucking weird. We'll get into that because it's a yeah. weird thing that is confusing and hard to understand. Yeah, we have to focus on on what's right in front of us right well, now. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk, so I, it's like, do you have any questions? You guys have any questions about Let's Go? I can answer them. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, because I've been playing comprehensive like every second I haven't been on set since Sunday at like 2 p.m. I've either been rescuing a hamster. Oh, that's the other news. I rescued a hamster from certain death. Oh, good job. Um, a dog attacked it and it was at a veterinary office and it was like basically in half. And the owners were like, we're not going to save this hamster. And the vets were like, if someone will adopt it, you will save it. And I was like, I'll take them. <laughs> and now Wait, I have. Why would they just save it and then give it back to those people? Because they weren't going to pay for the surgery if there's like a like fostering mm. care, like stipulate like thing that like like they're covered by right. insurance or whatever. Okay. Like if they rescue okay. an animal that's not going to get saved, they can give it and they have a place to put it. Like someone will subsidize that in a way that like those people aren't going to pay for. So now I have a Russian dwarf hamster in pockets that lives in my room. Yeah. All my rescues were severed in half. It, like the wound, <laughs> the, pic, the scar on her back is gnarly, dude. It's like <laughs> real fucked up looking. But anyway, so I saved a hamster. Yeah, so before. I guess my question about the game sorry, is yeah, sorry like, about that. I was like, just excited. I've, I've been hearing a lot about um, about like that. It's just like it's just more of what we love about Pokemon with just a few new features for like this new generation of kids. And I think that's cool. Like because there's a new generation of youngsters that have the switch that didn't play the original red and blue. So I think it's cool for them to get to experience like that story in like a new way. Um, what is like your favorite part of like the new additions they've added to the game? Um, honestly, I think what I like the best is. I like the aesthetic of riding around on on Pokemon. That's really cool. Having like Pokemon with you is neat. Um, but honestly, like the 1080 is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Like just the gra- like the 3Dness of it, and the the way that everything just looks so much more real. Like we talked about this with Zelda and 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 Mario Odyssey and Mario Party. We talked about them. Like a lot of these Switch games that are like the first 1080 version of the game that they are. It's like that depth of graphics and that realism and the visuals like makes them so much more fun and immersive and like brings out a whole nother level. Um, if I had to talk about like the mechanics that I think are fun, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I like riding around in Pokemon. I think that's fun. I also like being able to, I've done, I like being able to dress up my Pokemon funny. Yeah. Yeah. So you can dress them up now. Can oh, you nice. acquire new costumes like yes. along the way? Yes. Incredible. I, have a, I have a sailor suit for my Pikachu. Oh my God. Um, I have, oh, geez. oh Jesus Christ. I, I have, have to buy this game. I have sports gear for my Pikachu. Right now I have my, my Pikachu's dressed up as a trainer and I'm dressed up as a Pikachu running around. Mm-hmm. Can, can you get team skull gear or is that anachronistic? Uh, it yeah, might be anachronistic. I'm, only at the third, I just finished the third gym, literally a second before you click the link into this conversation. Alex, so, so. But I guess really what I want is I want Juggalo Pikachu. Um, right. I mean, well, that could be patched in maybe later. Yeah. Well, right. who knows? Like there's a bunch of clothing stores and stuff I haven't explored. So like you could probably make it happen. Yeah. What town would that be in? Uh, problem. Um, Juggalo Pikachu would be Lavender Town, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a hundo, hundo, hundo. That's like basically Gottsville and Juggalos are just Gottswood happy. Yeah. <laughs> Is the Pokedex the original 151 or what's the deal? I believe so. I haven't seen yeah, it. 
the original 151, which I appreciate. I don't I don't need more than 151. Like I want to feel like it's possible to complete in some way. Right? I think that it has well, more someone than hasn't that, though, spent thousands of hours playing all the Pokemons. <laughs> um, I think yeah, fair. I think that they actually they have more of the. I think they have more than that though, because I think Greninja's in it. I thought I read that somewhere. And also uh, Meltan. I, I play Pokemon Go, so I know there's some sort of cross Meltan promotion. Yeah, so there's some some weird stuff happening there. Um, but we'll we'll talk more about this as I play more. Maybe as Griffin plays it and we get more involved in this game. So we're going to be talking about Pokemon later. But like, is this your main video game thing or do you video game more broadly? I, I video game broadly, but specifically, if that makes sense. Like, it certainly doesn't. Uh, <laughs> th- there are like certain games that I just uh, will invest many, many hours. Like I don't play every game that comes out. And actually for a long time. Um, I wasn't playing. Video- I went to college and I was like, I'm not playing video games. And it was great. I did all my homework and I got good <laughs> grades and now I'm a functional adult. But uh, now that I feel kind of like settled, I've uh, dipped back into video games. But like what I like to do is, for instance, I just installed uh, Rome, uh, Total War Rome 2 or Rome Total War 2. The, the way they the way you order the word. Fuck that. Yeah. The but way the they write is, the words is very confusing. <laughs> I will probably play that game for the next six months or a year and not really touch it. Maybe like play an FPS here or there. I, I just take get a game. I invest like 100 hours into it and then maybe I'll move on to another game. So I bought uh, a Nintendo DS just to play Pokemon Ultra Sun. Nice. Yeah. I borrowed my friends. <laughs> Yeah, I I borrowed my brothers to play diamond and then Mm -hmm. that broke. I can't say if it was my fault or not, but then I bought the the DS. You can't say as you don't know, or as you can't say as you will not admit. I don't think it's my fault and he hasn't accused me yet. So I hope he's he's not listening to this. (laughs) Unless he's a comedian in LA or a wrestler in Austin. It's pretty unlikely that he's listening to this podcast. Yeah. The point is I play very few games, but I play them a lot. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Now, uh, I feel like we should just warn at the top that this is just going to be an entire Pokemon podcast the entire time. So, Lux, should we just get right into the history about this game and start talking about it? Yeah, why don't you get into the game, and then if we have other questions for Alec the person, they'll come organically through the discussion of Pokemon the game. Okay, perfect. Um, then, uh, we're very excited because you've picked a very specific entry in the uh, in the Pokemon franchise. Uh, it's a more recent entry, and I think we should uh, learn a little bit of history um, about this game. February 27th, 1996, might have seemed just like another normal day in Japan. Few could have known that the world was about to be changed forever by the release of Pocket Monsters Red and Green, the first games ever in the Pokemon series. Despite only releasing in Japan, Red and Green sold more copies than any Game Boy game ever, doubling down with its international debut in North America and beyond in 1998 with Pokemon Red and Blue. Including spin-offs as of November 24, 2017, more than 300 million Pokemon games have been sold worldwide on handheld and home consoles across 76 titles making Pokemon the second best-selling video game franchise behind Nintendo's own Mario. But our story takes us to the year 2016 with the release of Pokemon Sun and Moon, an ambitious new title that added the seventh generation of Pokemon and a new continent of Alola. But no less than a year later, Ultra Sun and Moon were announced, described as enhanced versions of Pokemon Sun and Moon with a modified storyline similar to previous upper versions like Yellow, Crystal, Emerald, and Platinum. The game received positive reception, with critics praising the additional features included in Sun and Moon. By the end of 2017, the game has sold over 7 million copies worldwide. This week on Game Boys, we're saying Aloha to Alola with Pokemon Ultra Sun. Very good. Aloha to Alola. All right, let's start this party. Alec, as Griffin said, there's 76 Pokemon titles. What made you pick this one out of all of them? Because I've been playing it recently, and I think it's the first Pokemon that I've really gotten into the sort of after game stuff and the, the meta game. Uh, so I think I've invested more time in it. Like, I definitely beat uh, Blue and Yellow and all that shit. But I think I have 120 hours currently on my game and I haven't even picked it up in like a month or two, which I can get to uh, later. It's a very specific reason, which is a little bit sad. <laughs> There's a lot of people with specific reasons that are very sad on the show. Um, but yeah. OK, so wait, tell tell yeah, us. I guess we should get right into it. I don't want to this so, so in that once you beat the uh, uh, once you're in the after game, you can compete with other players, but also do these challenges. But I didn't have a good team. So I started trying to breed a team, which is like grinding par excellence and i wanted an empoleon and i spent like five hours trying to breed a good empoleon and i'm like 
almost there, but every time I open it, I was like, oh, I want to do a fight. Oh, I don't have a balanced team, so I just need to keep grinding. So to me, when I, I just... To, to pick up the game means to grind for maybe like three or four more hours of the stupid fucking thing before I can even actually play it. Sure. It just uh, feels yeah. like work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll happen if like your last save state, any kind of JRPGs at like the wrong place. It can make it really hard to start again. That is yeah insanely true. Um, unless you're me and you hate yourself and love to grind. <laughs> um, but that's sort of that's a psychology problem that I have. That is my nod for everyone. Um, but yeah, so this one rules. Uh, I really like X and Y, like after Red and Blue, like Red and Blue are sort of my favorites because of like when they happened and they were like sort of new and amazing. But after that, I think X and Y and Sun and Moon are my, t- or an Ultra Sun and Moon are my two favorite um, other sort of generations. Is, is that how you feel or is just there a different Pokemon that's like more favorited or is this, I guess this is your favorite because you've been playing it for 120 hours and this is the one that you dove into. Yeah. Is there a thing about it that makes it so much more viable for you? Well, to be honest, like uh, because there's a, a gap, I missed the slow transition. But I also recently played through uh, like a gold emulator and I love Pokemon, but like the games are a little boring and very grindy. And I think this what this game does well is it uh, it makes the game a little more entertaining, gives you a lot more things to do other than just grind and catch all of them. So just like the animations being better uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, just like all the, the metagame after game, you can do like these challenges online. Um, you know, I don't know if this was a feature earlier, but Wonder Trade where you could just like oh, God. <laughs> put in a random Pokemon and get a random Pokemon back. I've gotten some great shit, but those are all just kind of like fun to me that I don't think exists like where my main memory is with say blue or gold or even yellow yeah i agree um i i have played uh pokemon sun and, and, and then i just kind of like researched the additions to the ultra version because i haven't played the ultra version um but i played pokemon sun and it was after a long gap of not having played any of the new pokemon games in a long time like yeah. I, you know I, I used to play every single one and then you know there's been so many i, I, I didn't ever own a 3ds so i kind of fell off uh what struck me the most with this one was just like its narrative is just so much more more like bold and has so much more going on than your typical Pokemon game. Mm. Like the franchise since the beginning had just been like, go town to town, beat the gym leader, beat the elite four with like very, very little happening in between with like team rocket happening, like in parallel, but it's a side like, and just like kind of just as like a sideshow, like a sideshow. Totally. Uh, And like in this game, like there's like, all sorts of different characters with like goals and desires, like uh, as opposed to just like a generic asshole rival. It's like this like kind of like nice boy character this time. Yeah, like, they just nice. like went all these like narrative different ways with it. And it felt like I was like, oh, they really made a new game this time. Like it, like we've always forgiven the copy paste nature of Pokemon because we it's just because it's cracked to us. That format, we just <laughs> love it so much that we've just been like, yeah, copy paste it a million times. We don't care. Uh, but this one like really took some risks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do like, you know, there's always your rival. There's always you go town to yeah town, even like the Pokemon themselves. Like there's the trash bird Pokemon, the trash mammal Pokemon, <laughs> you know, it's Tra- like Rattata, trash mammal, Zigzagoon, Sentret, or it's like Pidgey, Starly. Uh, I'm probably missing one in there. Like they're all the fucking same. And, and Bunch th- of shitty pigeons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even in, in the way the plot works, but I think by uh, doing it, what are, what are they called? It, it's no longer gyms. It's the, the, uh, it's the trials island. or whatever. Yeah. yeah the the trials and the Island leaders. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they'll make, I mean, kind of like not the greatest mini games, which have obviously existed in some of the gyms, but like they're trying to mix it up. Although I would almost say that, I don't think they go far enough, but I do think it's like a, a nice step because even though the plot there, there is more characters and they're, they're mixing it up. It's still not a good plot. Like I oh, wouldn't, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be good. like, this is narratively fulfilling to me. <laughs> In fact, it's wild. And I think like, before we get into other like things with the game, we should just talk about the story for a second. Um, there's like interdimensional portals, yeah. uh, having to do these legendary Pokemon. It's some shit that if every conversation weren't six lines of like pretty half-assed dialogue could be pretty compelling and plot interesting, but like yeah. it's just in this game, totally crazy. Could you explain it in just like a sentence or two? The yeah. Like, you want to take this one? No, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. Go, go ahead. Because I, I honestly, that was like 80 <laughs> hours ago. I don't remember. So yeah. So basically you're in a lowland kid and you're doing the Pokemon thing and you discover there are these things called ultra beats that exist on all the islands or like the spirits of the various islands. And meanwhile, uh, 
I think it's because of like weird these weird science people are trying to use the Ultra Beast to create like ultimate crazy Pokemon okay. of their own, and you're trying to stop them. And then there's like interdimensional portals, or like where the Ultra Beast came from, and you realize like there's other Pokemon there, and like what could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also uh, you, you encounter. I don't know if this is just an Ultra Sun or maybe in the earlier ones as well. There's a girl with like a weird, mysterious Pokemon called. She calls it Nebby, I think. Um, yes. And, and people are trying team skull is trying to kidnap it because it's one of these uh like ultra beast type things yeah and then in ultra sun and moon there's also this like death ghost from outer space that's like trying to kill everyone like necromalon <laughs> or whatever it's called oh, that, that, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, yeah that's uh, one of the pokemon <laughs> yeah i don't even remember yeah a portal opens up and and that pokemon it's necrozma necrozma, necrozma yeah necrozma yeah. it mm-hmm. comes out I don't know, like, what are some I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> its motivation is necrozma. <laughs> yeah, truly, that's truly insane. Like, the game just goes truly insane. But like, that's I like you say. Like, I think that's a good gesture towards having like a fulfilling plot. Like, all the parts are there for this to be like just a crazy sci-fi RPG, but it just like doesn't go in depth because it's Pokemon game for children. Yeah. Oh, the sorry. One other plot point is in the after game after you've beaten it, Team Rocket. Now Rainbow Rocket, because something to do with the Ultra Portals, takes over <laughs> a castle that you have to take back, uh, which is also pretty cool. And Team Rainbow Rocket is the greatest. This is this is uh, this is the thing I wanted to talk about. That is a part of the additions to Ultra Sun that was not in the game that I played. Okay. Yeah, um, and I read about this and was like what on earth so basically what happens is it's this is a post game thing that's only available in ultra sun it is uh you the player encounters team rainbow rocket a dimensionally displaced group based on team rocket from red and blue and then you have to uh fight through like this like ultimate uh like elite four-esque but through all of these players from all of the games yeah it's all the bad guys from all the games yes it's like Uh, the greatest hits of weird poke thieves yeah it's the greatest hits and you go and you and you fight them all and then it ends with my boy Giovanni baby (laughs) Uh, classic Griffin (laughs) my favorite character the Pokemon kidnapper (laughs) man I love Giovanni like he was always like just a cool mysterious bad guy like back in back in the day I'm glad that he got his uh glad he gets to cap out Ultra Sun yeah And, and also uh yeah it's just great going through all the villains because you realize they're all just I mean, they're they're the setup to something that could be good, but instead they're ridiculous. So is this Ruby? But um, the leader of Team Magma, what is it? I think it's Magma and Ruby or something like that. It's yeah, like but some th- weird... what's the water one? There's like Team Red and Team Blue, and one believes that uh, the land should overtake the Earth, and the other one thinks that water should overtake the Earth. That, that, is, that is, yeah, my favorite philosophy battle of Pokemon. Only one of those two sides understands how things work, because <laughs> the land's not just going to spread out and cover everything like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what they want. Oh, I, don't, I forget. I, Ruby's, one, Ruby's one that didn't stick out in my brain as much. The ones that like I can remember well are like red blue xy sun moon yeah my favorite kind of terrorism ever is more land yeah <laughs> yeah truly the capitalists uh are the real terrorists because they love land um get it superstructure anyways um <laughs> yeah no the the thing with these games that i really like also is i love the like Alolan breeds of old Kanto Pokemon that you mm, get. Yeah. That's always like a really fun thing. And I like that, especially in, in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Cause like, because I guess because it has such a more robust after game, it's like way more sort of encourages you in a much greater way to sort of go after weird Alolan versions of your favorite mons and get like psychic Pikachu or all the yeah. other weird or like icy. It's psychic Raichu. There's no psychic, psychic Raichu. Raichu. Yeah, me. psychic Raichu. Whoa. Yeah, good call. Good call. <laughs> please, please. This hey, Lux. This is your boss. Please, please come correct. Like, yeah, I wait, guess wait. you're right. I'm really playing pretty fast and loose. I forgot this is an interview for my job. <laughs> As an example of how militant I get at Pokemon, someone in the Wisecrack Discord, uh, for whatever reason, said Feral Al. I'm gonna mispronounce it. Feral Alligator the Totodile evolution is the best water Pokemon. I was like, fuck you. Everyone knows it's Mudkip. Please stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Mudkip is the star. Mudkip is a boss for sure. Here's a question. What, when did you get into Pokemon initially? Were you like an OG red blue? Yeah. I, I think it was when it first came out and I want to say I was in fifth grade. Um, but when it came out, I was into the trading cards, uh, as well. Um, 
But I remember being at school, looking at the clock, and all I could think about is like, I need, I need, I need this clock to go faster because I need to go home <laughs> and fucking play Pokemon. I think it's maybe the only time that maybe something I did qualified as an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, aside from, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing a girl in elementary school like had snuck her Game Boy into her backpack and was playing it during class, and I was like, "You can do that!" Like that was like the ultimate anarchy like rebellious act like it's so cool i remember i was that girl yeah and and my school banned pokemon cards because people were trading and then people were upset about the trades sure uh, because there's always a dumb kid that you would rip off and i didn't do this yeah Uh, but then that kid would cry yeah you just gotta hustle him yeah because no one knew shit about anything yeah and also i went to like burger king to collect the toys oh wait what do you remember the burger king toys oh yeah they were so good yeah, I still have some, unless maybe they got destroyed in a flood that happened to my dad's house. But I did have them a year and a half ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Pokemon is so translatable in this way, where, like, the aesthetic is, like, very, I don't know, uh, easy to easy to to replicate. So, like, plush Pokemon are fun, and cards are fun, and the games are fun, and pictures are fun, and it's, like, just way more merchandisable. And so, like, you can, like, and it's always, like, it's never going to not be nostalgic. So even when it's like, look, a plush Pikachu that can move and can talk because it's 2018 and has crazy AI. Mm. You're just like, yeah, it reminds me of my childhood, even though it's a living right. robot. And that is and that is the biggest draw of 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 the Pokemon Let's Go game, you know, yeah. is 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 that absolute just that just coming back to that world nostalgia. Well, just reliving kind of it in 1080 is like such a thing. It's like. It's cool. It's a weird thing because, like, when I, at least for me, um, when I was a kid, like, you know, you play the game, but you don't imagine that the actual world the game takes place in looks like the world on the screen. Mm. Like, you imagine, like, a whole different world and you're just sort of, like, moving things around as, like, you know, avatars. Like, in your imagination, it looks more like the anime or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then playing a game that, like, looks more like the anime than the anime does <laughs> right. is, like, such a cool, like, you get to live the imagination from your childhood. Mm-hmm. which is dope. And that's even true with some of the 3DS ones like X and Y or, or Sun and Moon that look fucking great as well. Just not, you know, fucking sweet 1080 because the fucking Switch is the best. Um, this podcast is basically brought to you by the Switch. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, another episode on behalf of Nintendo. Uh, you're but welcome. I, I am a little nervous, guys. I've been thinking about this, though, about we talked about how easy Let's Go is and, and how easy the Pokemon games are in general. And it, it, it feels like um, the Pokemon franchise has been like, always existed on handheld but like it like we keep on feeling like it needs to like really come to console now in a big way but it's like how does it balance the like that how does it bring all the fans in and make a game for the console that's just not like so dumb easy like just like well so easy isn't that like the rumored plan that like they're putting out this let's go game because it's like for everyone but like also for, for kids, kids. right and they're gonna put out another game that's like more involved than any previous pokemon game has been that's like closer oh, to like a shin megami tensei or something what, what are your sources isn't there like a hold on let me look this up really <laughs> I, no, quick. I, no i believe that's coming out in 2019 they said yeah so this is gonna be the true pokemon sequel it'll be like winter it'll be like a win it'll be like a 3d nintendo switch console entry that's like it's like a full world probably like an open world rpg oh well really so like I believe so. I'm trying to find sources on that. So you guys keep talking about it. Yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where I um, make up stuff that's probably not going to happen. Great. Do it. So the um, they uh, they remastered the N64 controller and they've added a, a fourth uh, prod, um, which is kind of controversial right now. Um, but I pre-ordered it uh, despite my better uh, judgments. Cause I'm a, all right. I got, I got some okay, for you. Griffin. There we go. What's up? Although we're on the precipice of getting Pokemon. Let's go. What we really want is the fully fledged Pokemon switch RPG due out sometime in 2019. Shit. We know the Pokemon switch game is coming the second half of 2019, which feels like a very long time. However, according to Pokemon CEO, Tsunekazu Ishihara, it's going to be worth the wait. The new title coming out in the second half of 2019 will be, <laughs> according to him, it's going to be good. It <laughs> will be a completely different game to Pokemon. Let's go. Said Ishihara san in an interview with uh, Famitsu. It's not an entry game, but a game we want longtime fans of the Pokemon series to look forward to. 
The game will give a good understanding of what an evolved game looks like after it continued to succeed the traditions of Game Freak. We want to make Pokemon fans say, this is what I've been waiting for, by delivering a brand new product packed with gameplay and plenty of new Pokemon to encounter. Right. Do you guys remember that game that was, I think it was for GameCube, that was like a Pokemon RPG that was like way harder than like normal Pokemon games. And it was like 3D based, like, like it was still turn-based fighting, but it was like much more like a 3D world you were running around in. What the fuck is that? Which game is that? Is that a real game? Yeah, that's not a real game. It is a game that I played on the game. You're thinking Cube. of Digimon. Wait, no. Are you talking about Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness? Is is that? <sighs> no. Because that's, that's a real game and it looks crazy. I swear to God, this game is real. You have this, this, it's like you got to find shadow Pokemon. And capture them and pure and purify them. I don't love the rhetoric of this Wikipedia oh, page. Yes, this is the game. Okay, uh, this game is crazy. Yeah, okay. I'm reading this Wikipedia and I hate this. It's uh, it was real. I've never. What's this? You've called? never heard Poke- of this? It's called Gale Pokemon of XD Darkness. Gale of Darkness. Yes, or in and Japanese, Pokemon XD Yame no Kaza Dark Lugia. Dark Lugia. I yeah. understand that word. Yeah, those are that's basically English. Um, or in fully in Japanese, Ekusude Yami no Senpu Dakurugia. But that's uh, there's a lot of different translations. Anyways, point being, this sounds insane. What, why is this a game? <laughs> is it good? I liked it because it was uh, it was it was hard. Now and now, now I'm concerned that this is not the one I'm talking about. Uh, but I swear to God, I played a game for the GameCube. Was this only released in Japan? This one, this Gale of Darkness. Um, it was released in Japan. Uh, maybe no, it was not no, really Pokemon so. Coliseum. Yeah, talk about Pokemon Coliseum. Okay, oh. that's the other game. Isn't that just yeah. basically Stadium? No, Pokemon Coliseum was like a 3D like RPG that we walked around and like talked to people in towns and like went through like levels and like the battles were like much more difficult. Okay, interesting. Yes, that yeah, was hope, really good. Well, I hope that's what to get us back on track of talking about things that are actually happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that's what the like weird pro like coming Pokemon RPG thing is like because like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon did do a really good job displaying like a cool creativity of coming up with new Pokemon. And really, like, imagine a pretty more interesting fleshed out world, some like actual characters and dynamics and distinctions between like people and things. Um, Let's go is like pretty clearly displayed, like, the graphics capacity is pretty through the goddamn ceiling. So it's like, put all that shit together, give me a real goddamn game. Give me like Pokemon Presents Shin Megami Tensei 2 Persona 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and but you know, now I've got a question for, for our guest, Alec. What is it gonna take? For us to convince you to get a Nintendo Switch, what's it going to take? <laughs> I mean, it would take another, yeah, a new Pokemon game. If, if Nintendo what? Switch yeah. was like 150 or $200 and a new Pokemon game came out and people were saying it was really good, like they were saying Ultra Sun was really good, I'd be like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to spend $200 for at least 150 hours worth of entertainment, <laughs> which is yeah. the worst deal. Like people spend 50 bucks on games. You can beat in like eight hours. Yeah, I know. I mean, 2018 terms, it's actually a pretty solid deal. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Well, we're telling you there's going to be a new Pokemon game coming out for the Nintendo switch. Wait. So I yeah. guess you've got to get one because uh, now I have, has nothing else on the switch enticed you yet. Breath of the wild. Breath of the wild is pretty enticing, but also I don't have a ton of time to, not only do I not have a ton of time to play video games, I have this unhealthy relationship where I want to play them all the time, but then I feel guilty about playing them all the time. Sure. So like I've been going real ham with uh, Medi- uh sorry, Rome two total war. Uh, mm-hmm. But also I'm like, Oh wow. I've already spent like 15 hours this week and I could have done so many things, uh, written things, looked at a thing, Lux needed me to look at a week ago. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was kind of my fault too. But Anyways, yeah, no, I think, well, that, that, that phenomenon you're describing of like playing video games all the time and feeling bad at playing video games all the time, I think is like a very real, like creative person who plays video games phenomenon. Like I I have the same, I have the same fucking problem. Like I'll play a game for like an entire day and be like, I just use an entire day to play video games and then just feel terrible about it. Yeah. Cause I know it's going to be so fucking good. It's also my fear of red. I mean, I'm not going to buy a PS4, but like red dead redemption two, I know I could sink so many hours into that. Yeah. I've got almost 60 on there and I'm only on like the third or fourth story quest. Jesus. Because <laughs> um, uh, if anyone's wondering, a uh, hobo quest is going fantastic. <laughs> Everyone um, is scared of me. 
<laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's 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 take a pause in this quest for a commercial break, right quick, and then we'll come back and and give our uh, final thoughts on the game, and then potential yeah, ratings. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that because it seems like we mostly just want to talk about the idea of Pokemon more than anything else. We can keep doing <laughs> that in the review section, anyways. Hey Griffin. Hey Lux. Have you ever thought my love life's okay, but I could really use a shocking surprise every night of my life? Well, that's a little weird, but we, I've got the thing for you. And by I've got it, I mean a store that I know about because I don't sell sex toys, but they do. And it's, they sell Pikachu butt plugs. Okay. So you have a friend that sells these. My it's friend Derek owns a store. My friend Derek owns a sex store and they're selling Pikachu branded butt plugs and they are something to smile at. That's cool. I sell stuff for my friends too. I'll buy one. Perfect. A great deal. Just put a lightning rat in your butt and uh, sex. It's great. And you don't have to poop ever again. Tell your friend he's a sick pervert. I'll let him know. Hey there, internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. You're, it's still me, Lux, and your co-host is still Griffin Davis, and your guest is still Alec Opperman, and we are still talking sort of about Pokemon Ultra Sun, but mostly just about Pokemon in general. But yeah, let's let's try and focus back in, in on the game. So the things about it that are really dope are like the, the sort of post-game metaverse of it, and also like just like the new the new mons, which okay, I'll I'll ask you this, Alec, and this is a thing that I thought about before getting to the final ratings. I think the Alola set, like the Alola generation, is like my favorite set of new Pokemon. Whoa, dangerous! Um, like, but there's only there's only a handful of them. There's controversial. The Alola, you're you're talking about the the con, the Kanto Alola version. No, I just mean like the whole the whole set, like those guys so plus is, all the other brand this, new yeah. ones that come in in Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. This is the seventh generation of additions yeah. and i'll say it's uh, the second greatest generation behind world war one veterans <laughs> um, uh i really like i don't know I, I think it's a cool it's a cool dispersal of creature types and like fun different kinds of things um obviously the fact <laughs> you can get an evil wrestler cat as your fucking main pokemon it makes it the best in my mind yeah and that his z oh yeah and z moves are the fucking best too i love the z the z moves z, z moves are pretty rad. Like, the, i just think that you get to see so much cool shit yeah the uh the animations of the z moves are pretty rad yeah my fucking fucking dark tiger death boy or whatever his name is uh does a fucking sunset flip or not sunset flip a fucking moonsault it's amazing mm. um but yeah those games so they have all this new stuff that i really love that i think is like a cool development in poke technology um, is there anything else about about Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Moon rather that you are for particularly taken with that we haven't talked about? Um, let me think. It's tough with these games because they're just so like uniformly good, and it's just like it's just like such a brand at this point, you know. I, I yeah, I will say I like the starters. I love Decidueye. I've been very uh, lukewarm about some of the the starter Pokemon after. The first gen, like fuck sure. you, Totodile. First of all, Mudkip, Whoa. you're all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, like Chimchar and uh, the the turtle. Oh, third, the third generation can suck. Suck it. Yeah. Yeah, but the fourth generation, there's a turtle with like a forest on its back. Also, fuck off. Don't care. <laughs> no, no. Did you always pick a certain element? I think this is very telling of a person. I think I lean towards water because I definitely did Squirtle, and then in. Uh, Gen four, I did Piplup, which evolves into Empoleon. I love Empoleon, uh, and I can't really remember. So you're a water guy, yeah. But but uh, in in Ruby, I did Cyndaquil. So I see. I just have always been the fire type, and I just level up my fire type Pokemon and one hit kill everything in the game. <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, is Cyndaquil is Gen the two, right? Play. I fucked that up. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, Cyndaquil is Gen two. Send your hate I just uh, email. I, I email. I just like look up the starters and decide which one looks like he'd beat the best friend, and then I pick that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one thing I love about this game that we haven't talked about. Uh, real, I, I alluded to it, but Team Skull, the the first Juggalo villain, they're fucking amazing. <laughs> also, I just want to read this line of dialogue. Uh, I screenshotted it, but also I just googled it. There, yeah. at one point, they say. You want us to stop dancing? That's our identity, yo. It's all we've got. <laughs> yeah, that fucking rules. I love the team skull goons have the, like the best personality of any of the goons. Not like definitely because they all have like different weird personalities. Sometimes like weird hippies or whatever. But the the skull goons are all like weird b boy hip hop nerds. It's like really great. Yeah. Um, but that's a good time for us to get into the part of the show where we rate that game, boys. And so here's how this works, Alec. We're gonna rate this game. Just give your final thoughts and like your sort of overall thoughts on the game and rate it on a scale of one to five joysticks. 
depending on how you feel about the game. Um, and Alex, since you're our guest, common courtesy means you go first. Oh, sorry. I just assumed I went first. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you also have that power. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Four out of five joysticks. Uh, you want to talk about why for a sec? Because <laughs> it's fucking awesome. But the, it doesn't get the fifth joystick because it's too easy. Um, right. I don't really know how I feel about grinding. I think I have to think about that more. But there's a lot of grinding involved, especially once you start breeding Pokemon. But I think the Pokemon are rad. It definitely does a better job than all the other Pokemon. Uh, as Griffin was saying, story plot, definitely moving in the right direction. And yeah, I mean, you don't spend 120 hours playing something unless it's fucking awesome. You don't. Um, (laughs) 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 we can talk about some stuff. Um, all right, Griff, man, what you got? The same thing is kind of what he said. I like that they're trying to fill out the story more, but the story just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense the whole time. It doesn't always need to have to for this kind of genre, but uh, I want them to keep on like taking those big swings in the future. Uh, seventh generation of Pokemon, they didn't piss me off in the way that other generations of Pokemon did. They were they're mainly palatable with a few that I liked, but I ultimately like... I don't know if it's just because I'm an adult now, but like I don't remember many of them. And I actually do remember a lot of like one through three generation Pokemon. And I don't know if it's just times are changing. I'm playing more games now or if it's just like my childhood. I remember more, but they just didn't have that memorable quality to me other than that weird uh, long necked uh, mutant. Uh, what's the what's the pineapple the, the, guy executor? Uh, yeah, yeah, executor. The executor yeah. is like so fucking tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That mutant is in my in my nightmares. Um, and Mimikyu also uh, a real but, disconcerting uh, guy. Yeah, so they do a lot of cool things to freshen up and like make it f- not feel as stagnant, copy paste. Do just still feel like. I'm now wanting more from the franchise. So I think it's going to be a solid game. It's going to be a four to five joysticks. All right. We got ourselves a consensus, dudes. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a four to five as well. Wow, I wow, think wow. mostly, mostly for the same reasons. I really do like this one a lot. I like the design stuff about it a lot, but it is sort of too easy. Um, what's most exciting about this for me, honestly, is that like, it's the closest a Pokemon game has come to like having a, a thing to say about anything. Um, in the sense of like, well, when is, what have they ever had to say before? You don't, you don't think team magma and whoever their opponent was, was a commentary on like environmentalism and people <laughs> who want to turn all the oceans into land. Well, see, see yeah, that's where it starts yeah. to fall apart. Maybe that's like what they're going for, but it doesn't really work when one side is truly stupid. They're both sides are truly both stupid. Sides. Yeah. Oh, oh you're saying in, in po- I never mind. Sorry. D- yeah. Ignore what I said. Um, I mean, fair. Um, but yeah, what I mean is that like this one like has like some kind of coherent like can science go too far, like technology versus nature kind of stuff going on, like as like an actual theme. Like it comes up multiple places, which is like obviously not a big deal because it's a fucking Pokemon game, but like cool that they're at least like trying to do something. Like that's just another signifies like another step. And that's like the thing about this game that I like is that like it's trying to do things other Pokemon games haven't done, but it's still, it is too easy. It's a ton of grinding, which I, I like, but can also get bored of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't know, sometimes it's stupid and it's gotten to the point. The one thing I do find frustrating about it is that like, it's aware of all the Pokemon memes. So like it has a bunch of kids who talk about their shorts and shit like that, which like, I'm just, I'm done. I'm like, I don't need any more shorts jokes from Pokemon. We got the one they're comfy and easy to wear. That's great. But like, I don't need 55 kids with different spins on the shorts riff and whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just want to see a Pokemon game that's hey as- kids, cut it out with the memes and get <laughs> off my yard. I'm playing portable switch over here. Yeah. Griffin gets me. Um, no, I mean, I think it's really good. I just think that like, it's trying a lot of things. I like to see them try things and make it also for adults instead of like trying things adults would appreciate and making it a game for children. Yep. That's basically the problem with the game and where I'm at. So and now one out of five joysticks, one last, uh, one, one last thing that's fucking uh-oh. awesome about it. Uh-oh. The, the scope for, I love that there's lots of Pokemon from other generations in there where I still get like enough of the, the original, like Kanto Pokemon where I feel like I'm tethered to reality. That's my last I thing. S- I think they should remain separate and they should never cross paths. Separate but equal? You fucking racist. No, Griffin thinks they're separate but not equal. He decidedly <laughs> prefers the Kanto Pokemon. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, now Lux, oh, I yeah, lied I, to you. 
I lied to you. I do have something. Oh my God, Griffin, the ultimate deception is underway because it's time for everybody's favorite segment entirely out of segments. That's right. It's time for the segment segment. Alec, this is the part of the show where we go through a series of segments conceived by me and Griffin to hopefully be fun and make people laugh, but usually just to get everyone confused by arcane confusing rules. Great. Here we go. Griffin, what is your segment this week? (laughs) Oh man, this is a segment I've never done before and it's a little bit of a self-centered segment, a little bit of spotlight on me for a second, but I've got a little bit of a joystick update. That's right. I have to update uh, a game that we've joysticked in the past, and I need to update my score because uh, some things have changed. Now, uh, this will be spoiler-free and all emotion, but I've been playing the majority of Red Dead Redemption 2, and if folks will remember on the podcast, I believe I gave it like a, like a 4.5 out of 5. Was that was I think that you were I lower than that. I think I was, I was up there. That. I think you were like at a 4, maybe... And you were I was at a four. We're going to say four then. Man, I think I may have to bump it down to a 3.5 lux. Whoa, Griff Dog. I'm Give sorry. me a sentence about I'm why without <laughs> spoiling it for me. Also, I'm yeah. sorry, but I just, it just gets like, like as the game progresses, it just gets steadily worse. Just as the, in, 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 in almost every way in combat, story, just like level of fun. Like it seems just like I'm just progressive, progressively descending into a worse game. That's so, like not the game I was in love with at the start. It's almost like you're saying that my strategy of just doing side quests and trying to is get dirty genius. is the right way to play the game. <laughs> it is incredible. I think you were on to something and no one else could see but you. I've cracked the code. Um, great. So Griffin was used to score and we all learned that I'm the I'm best. Sorry. So that's Next, a score update. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fine. I'm glad we had a second segment because now we get to the final segment, which is everyone's favorite discussion of analingus that's right ladies and gentlemen it's another episode of do they eat ass um then this is the game in which i choose three characters from video games and you two decide whether it is through cooperative conversation or combative conflict whether or not these particular characters eat ass obviously we're talking pokemon today which means that we're picking three starters and there's no better starters than the originals so we're gonna go squirtle bulbasaur and charmander do they eat ass we'll start with Alphabetical order, which means Bulbasaur is first. Um, I love every time you announce this segment, looking at the guest's face, they're like, just like, they're always like, they're not like offended, but they're always like confused and like, what is this? And they're like, okay. Yeah. No, I for sure. My reaction is like, all right, I'm into this. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. I read that as sort of Alex being like, Lux did it. Predictable. Um, <laughs> Uh, which fair. Um, so which one are we starting with? Let's start with Bulbasaur. Uh, it's going alphabetical order. So Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur. Does Bulbasaur eat ass. What do you guys think? It's so tough with the baby Pokemon because I feel like their teens and their teen and adult versions are like uh, way, way clear. Like I can tell between Blastoise and Charizard, but I don't know when they're kids. It's tough. Well, it's especially tough when you call them kids. That makes it a lot more uncomfortable for everyone. Will they grow up to do that? <laughs> So yeah, sure. Well, yeah, no sure. Pedophilic undertones. Yeah. Do they contain the capacity to to do sort of a delusion becoming into an ass eater? God, I just I just really colored this whole segment the wrong way. Uh, yeah, I'm well, going to say Bulbasaur now. But why not? What's wrong with what's what's Bulbasaur's fucking problem? Well, I'm just it's really just I'm that sorry, I'm, guys. We have to stop the segment. We have to evolve these Pokemon. I'm sorry. Let's just say it okay, right now. Fine. Well, let, they all got evolved all to right. their final forms. We're talking Venusaur, Blastoise, Charizard. <laughs> and don't we all feel so much better now? Don't we all yeah. like, feel so much better? Finally, it's at finally we're at peace. All right. Sure. So let's okay. uh, we'll go reverse alphabetical order. Venusaur. Does Venusaur eat ass? Griffin. Griffin. Uh, 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 Venusaur. Yeah. What's Venusaur, why? Yeah. Why? Uh, because uh, he's grungy. Yeah, he's crunchy granola, right? No, he's grungy. He's always got a, kind of a grunge look. I feel like he's literally made of plants. He's like a huge hippie. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's got these like sweaty, dangly hair. Yeah, he's like nasty, dude. He's down to get in there for sure. What do you think, Alex? Do you agree <laughs> See, with the assessment? I think Venusaur has like the pretty flower. There's like uh, a, a clean aesthetic going on there. They don't like to get down dirty. Mm. Mm, okay. All right, split decision. Um, I think... I'll be the tiebreaker. And I think I'm going to agree with Griffin, not because of what Griffin said, but because of my classic rubric, 
uh, eating ass is noble, and uh, I think Venusaur is noble, so I say yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Venus is a good guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but not, all right. not characterized enough in the anime for my tastes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like four Pokemon were characterized, period, in the anime, <laughs> and one of them was a starfish. Um, <laughs> that is true, and yeah. we got a, but they got a lot out of that starfish. Like, they really worked with him. It was like, oh my god, a thing is here. Star me. <laughs> Anyways, star you. Um, all right, next up, reverse alphabetical <laughs> order means uh, Charizard is next. Does Charizard eat ass? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. I think Charizard's pretty selfish, and I think it's like, uh, I feel like uh, he'd like, he'd like want to see my gym badges first. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, do you even lift? Uh, you know, Bro, I was gonna train? go into this and say yes, but. I, I'm going to agree with you. No. Yeah, I think he's a selfish. I agree. I think he's a self-interested uh, sort of loner <laughs> Pokemon. I don't think that, that, yeah. that he's got time for like a, like a generous lover sort of approach to things. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, and probably most interesting, Blastoise. Uh, probably the most obvious. He's like a living bidet. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That was like legit the joke I have written down, you piece of shit. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm inclined to agree. Also, just like Blastoise, the uh, the uh, verb of blasting, like he's an ass blaster, you know, whether with yeah. water or in other means. And I feel like he just has like a really healthy masculinity going. I've, I've just gendered this Pokemon, yeah. but he's, it, he's got it, like a really healthy. healthy masculinity where he's like, yeah, I like to blast things. I'm a, I'm a man. Uh, and then <laughs> we'll eat some ass in the process. Hell yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Set a good example for the children, Blastoise. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's been another edition of everyone's favorite show about Analingus. Do they eat ass? Thank you very much for playing Alec and Griffin. And now we're at the part of the show, which is the end of the show, which means it's time for everyone to tell everyone where you can find that, where everyone else can find you on the internet if they so choose. Alec, I'm sure they're going to want to hear more from you. So where can they do that? I don't know if they will, but I'm on Twitter at wisecrack Alec. And that's it. Uh, You should try to find me nowhere else. All right. Easy, (laughs) easy enough. That won't stop these fans. (laughs) (laughs) Our Uh, slowly increasing fan. We're almost at a hundred listens an episode now. Nice. (laughs) Great. Great. And we'll we'll cut that part out and and redub it with 100,000. Yeah. Okay. I'll say that for quickly. We're almost at 100,000 listeners an episode now. There we go. Uh, you can find us at, at Game Boys Pod or The Griffin Davis, both on Instagram. Um, and you can find me at ML Surfboard on Twitter. And please go to iTunes and leave a five star review. And we'll uh, maybe read them on the show if I ever remember to check them before the show, which I'll really try to do next time. Um, otherwise, yeah, at ML Surfboard. And again, it's Party World Wrestling season. So go on Facebook, go to Party World Wrestling on Facebook, check out the videos, check out the Indiegogo, donate if you want to, get yourself a sweater, get yourself the hot and cold icy hot pack. It's a sweater and a tank top. Perfect for any situation. How is it a sweater and a tank top? It's a bag containing both a sweater and a tank top. <laughs> oh, so it's not one item that's <laughs> like it's not like in the in the shape of a tank top but it has like sweater material. No, or like and like and like detachable sleeves. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we should have done that. That's a great idea. <laughs> Next time we're making the Indiegogo perks, Griffin, I'm going to give you a call. Um, you can also, if you also, if you want, you can buy a bag of sand, um, which is for selling for some reason. But that is it. Um, so thank you so much, Alex, for coming on the show. And that's the end of this episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux. I am your host. Your co-host is Griffin Davis. Your guest is Alec Opperman. Your editor is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. And your art is by Brittany Metz. We love you, Internet. Thank you very much. Ultra Sun. You're not even going to say Pokemon? Oh, yeah, I should say Pokemon too. Pokemon. Ultra Sun. You say it. You say it. We just have to. The end of the show is this bit where Griffin and I fuck up doing the end of the show every time. Uh, Alec, could you say Pokemon Ultra Sun just in case? Pokemon Ultra Sun. That one sounded so legit. That was so good. That was so much better than any of the sign-offs we've ever done. 